Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. everybody, it's Wednesday, June 20th, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Bob Ryer. Guten Tag. And reunited, and it feels so good, <laughs> Stephanie Cook is back in the house. Hello. I've missed you all so much. As we you. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Eh. Whatever. Eh. Fine. Oh, take it or leave it. So cold. Take Whatever. It or, take it or leave it. Um, so, Stephanie is back, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about me for a second here. The, the important <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'm doing this three-day cleanse thing where I'm eating. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no. Here, it's very personal. It's not that, not as personal as it sounds. I am. It's called the, uh, it's a fruit diet. And so for two hours, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., Every two hours, you have a serving of fruit. And then for dinner, you have three to six cups of raw vegetables with half an avocado and, a, and, a, and like a scoop of protein in like a glass of orange juice. I've heard I of this. I love vegetables. I love vegetables as well. Vegetables Not with like nothing, this. Or nothing on them, completely raw, except for I put half avocado in there and I put a little like lemon like a squeeze of lemon on, on top of it. Is that allowed? Yes, that's in part of the diet. Mm. Um, you can either have half an avocado or you can have a, like, a, like a teaspoon of olive oil. What a Variety. treat. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. It is, you know, you're never really that hungry. I mean, you're a little bit hungry, but you're never really satisfied. <laughs> you're gassy. You're not even that, I'm a little bit, but not a little bit. Yeah. Are you hungry right now? No, I just had dinner before you got here. Did you yeah. have pineapple? No, 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 I had a stack of vegetables. You it was vegetables very colorful, I... I have to admit. I walked in earlier yeah, and it was like... be real colorful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was red onions and peppers and yeah. it looked really nice. If you had if you had a little dressing on there, it would have been Yeah, if you had some blue cheese dressing on that puppy, Divine. it would have been really nice, yeah. But it was just And some Italian bread and yeah. a glass of wine. It would have been, it would have been fantastic. Man, you must be recoiling in horror at the things that I brought to your house today that I not they, ho- not horror. I, it's it's a little envy. bit like being a um, a drug addict in detox. You know, hey. going through Ooh. withdrawals. You have this feeling. The, Near you, yeah. The <laughs> the worst part of it has been the no caffeine. That's been the worst part. Oh, I of couldn't it. De- I couldn't deal with that at all. I'd have a headache the entire day. I do have a headache. I have a bad headache. I've had literally all day. Literally wow. since Let's I woke up this yell. morning. La 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 la. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're back, Stephanie. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're back. Uh, last week, Bob and I mentioned that we saw Prometheus. Yes. And Stephen not oh. seen it yet, and Stephanie wasn't here, but now you are both have seen it, and Reviews. Stephanie's back. So, Steve, really quick, what do you think of Prometheus? I absolutely loved it. Okay. That's that, all. That's all? That's it. I think Stephanie has a different opinion. I do. It seems to be going to... It's going to be the theme tonight, I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was unnecessary. And by unnecessary, the film itself was unnecessary. As 
were like a good chunk of the characters. Charlize Theron, what was your purpose? None. <laughs> let's let's be careful. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I'm not spoiling anything. Okay. It's just because well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm no for myself. She serves cause... no purpose in the movie whatsoever. <laughs> so well, what I mean, else didn't you like about it? Um, there was just too many like. It just sort of, it was like, oh, let's write this in. It's going to be really cool. And it's going to have nothing to do with like the movie whatsoever, the franchise. And it's not going to make any sense or have any relevance, but it's going to be thrown in there because it'll like be kind of cool. And no idea question what you're talking it whatsoever. About. I really don't. Know. I'm lost. Yeah, I, I just watched. I saw it last night and then immediately went home and watched the director's cut of Alien. And it's all about the franchise. It's all about at least that first movie i actually went and saw alien in the theaters before i saw prometheus at a second like run thing okay and i yeah i I don't know i didn't hate it i just thought that a way it like would have been a lot more interesting um maybe separated from the alien franchise it like huh I don't know. I I know it can't, but at the same time, it would have been sort of better if they had somehow tweaked it so that it didn't necessarily tie in with it as much. I just thought, I don't know. I I, I guess I'll just leave it at it's unnecessary. It was unnecessary. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, for me personally, and I really like the movie, but I, I think the way you come at it, what you get out of it is kind of where you come from at it because... I think if you went to see that went to see that movie and you had never seen Alien or Aliens or any of those movies, there's a movie there for you to enjoy that really has nothing to do with, with Alien in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. But for those who know the franchise very well, there's that DNA that's there, you know. And uh, Lindelof explains it as, you know, this this is the mother. It has two babies, one of which goes on to become Alien, and one of which goes on to become something else. But that doesn't yeah. make sense. Why? Well, it makes perfect well, I mean, sense. I, I don't know. I well, okay. I look now. I I went into it and I said this to Bobby mm-hmm. as we walked into the theater, expecting to be disappointed, mm-hmm. and came out otherwise. Right. It was but, one of my most like anticipated movies for this year. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like it. She didn't, didn't like it. it. Yeah. I'm gonna go. See I did it again. not like it. I, I'll probably <laughs> watch it again when it comes out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I'm not gonna like go back to the theater and spend. Ten zillion dollars to see it and be like, eh. I want to take my mom to go see it. She Ooh. loves that stuff. Mm-hmm. So does my mom. Love my mom loves sci-fi yes. stuff. Well, I enjoyed it. Damn it, I enjoyed it. Me as well. too. Yes, me Stephanie three. outvoted. So ha. Sorry. So it's cool. Just being controversial, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're Stephanie all about li- that. Stephanie likes to stir the pot. That's what she does. Yeah. I'm. I'm currently making stirring motions. <laughs> 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 Missed you guys. <laughs> All right, so we spent two weeks talking about Prometheus. I think we should probably move on. Uh, Let's talk about our books of the week. Ah. Bob, why don't you start us out? Okay, just because I haven't ever talked about Fantastic Four. No. (laughs) um, We're at issue 607, and of course still Jonathan Hickman. Stephanie, uh, can you help me with the pronunciation of the artist? (laughs) Forget it. Um, Giuseppe Camuncoli, somebody new here. Um, Hickman has said in interviews what he wants to do after having run through three years' worth of stories that are all interconnected is to explore parts of the Marvel Universe he hasn't yet and parts of the Fantastic Four family particularly. This is a Black Panther issue. Mm -hmm. 
where T'Challa has called Reed about something. I can't. I don't want to give too much away. The two guys here haven't read it yet. Black Panther's got crazy abs. He's got like an, a twelve pack going. He's got <laughs> like a know, whole case dude. of that's yeah. That's <laughs> more than a twelve pack. Um, got a two four. And yeah. the uh, you know the family, most of them show up, including some of the kids from FF, whose big thing is they want to ride the elephants because it's Africa after all. Who doesn't want to do that? I would. And there's a disconnect. Something that Reed figures he's there for is not. And we investigate the history of the Panther God and you know Shuri, who's now the, the, the Prince Regent of Wakanda. This is a really, really fun issue. You get a lot of history, some great art, some great character moments, as usual, with Jonathan Hickman, who is apparently leaving. He's not apparently. He's definitely leaving. <laughs> I'm still hoping for apparently, if you mm-hmm. don't mind. There's going to um, be an announcement. Bob will be like, yay. Yeah, well, I, um, I sure hope so. But Well, Bob, actually, there's an article up that Bob talked about uh, Hickman leaving and the rumor that he's possibly going to take over the Avengers. Avengers. Yes. And what Bob thinks about that, that's up on the site right now. And we, we've already heard that Matt Fraction is taking over Fantastic Four once Hickman leaves. I'm actually pretty cool with that. Yeah. I'm not uncool with that mm-hmm. either. <laughs> so we're, we're good to go. So anyway, I can't say too much because we have people who haven't read it. And Stephanie, are you, you're not yet reading Fantastic Four? Have you? I have I have it all now. I've I, yes. I uh, picked up everything since six hundred, and I've I've done it. I've converted everyone. Yes, <laughs> I haven't started reading it, but That's okay. because of you, I will eventually get to it. Okay, good. True You'll story. have a nice three-year run of the of ringing reading. endorsement. Yes, because of you, I will someday eventually read this comic book. <laughs> It'll be like the next considering most of what she says, I'm taking that as a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, true. So Absolutely. I'm going for that. Uh, but then also. Uh, before Watchmen, Silk Spectre. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, oh, you know. No. <laughs> it's part of, here we another know, part controversial. of, it's part of Stephanie stir, doesn't agree night. Stir the pot. Um, we were, I think, a very measured website and mm-hmm. podcast coming into this that so many other people were just trashing mm-hmm. the whole enterprise beforehand. This is a really, really good book. I agree. Uh, thank you. Thank yes. You. I, I, I'm going to go. need some backup here as we go. I'll back you up, Bob, anytime. Um, we get some lovely backstory on the both Silk Spectres, which we didn't really have before, yet revisiting the original Maxi series. Mm-hmm. Um, how much can we give away? It's only a week into this book here. I mean, how much? I mean, there's not that much to give away. I mean, there's not yeah, okay. a uh, twist right. that happened in the book. Not Do a you, lot, but we there, there are those panels that I love that I don't want to really talk about unless people explore them as they go. But what we have here is the teenage Lori mm-hmm. exploring what it's be like, what it's like to be the daughter of a superheroine mm-hmm. who's not quite Wonder Woman. She has her own issues. Mm-hmm. And so they fight against each other within this. Writing by Darwin Cook is really spot on. You get to see where he's best, the character moments. The art's wonderful, Amanda Connor. Steve, help me out here. <laughs> we, we need to gang up on Stephanie I'm before I get too I'm kind of curious as to what she has to say. I want to hear what she has to say, and then maybe we'll do a, we'll do a compliment sandwich for the book. Okay. okay. She'll, okay. she'll give us the, she'll the, turn the, over. the shitty meat. So let's <laughs> go oh, for okay. it, Steph. Okay, Steph, go for it. So as far as I'm concerned, I didn't hate the book. I, it's sort of like Prometheus to me. It just felt unnecessary. <laughs> um, it's not badly written. It just kind of felt like, mm, shoulder shrug, meh. 
Meh. I could have done without this. Meh. I could have been reading Fantastic Four instead. <laughs> oh, don't don't go there. Don't I try to get there. me to say that. I went but there. okay, now we don't disagree that did they ever have to do before Watchmen? But no. DC want this is a way to to use this property to make money by creating a series of books that so far two in with the right creator. In this case, Darwin Cook. Mm-hmm. They've got something going that is eminently readable. Mm-hmm enjoyable on top of it and does enhance the story we saw before yeah i definitely think it's a strong story like and as far as the other I, that's an amen that i'm taking that be... as an amen <laughs> Pardon? i'm taking what? your you i'm taking that as an amen from you stephanie <laughs> well i think that it has potential to be something more but i mean so Justified. far between this story and the minutemen one i'm really liking the minutemen one more okay. at the moment so, I mean, not that I have to pick one or the other, but... Right. Sure you do. You have to pick one or the other. I have uh, to choose a side. Yes. Okay, Bobby, you're up, I guess. Just for me, before we get into more higher praise, I liked the book, and I appreciate it. I think it looks beautiful. For me, it was... This is really was kind of the book I was least interested in. Uh, either Silk Spectre, either, you know, mm-hmm. Sally or Laurie. Was, neither one of them were particularly interesting characters to me, even in Watchmen. You know, I, I wasn't really enamored with their characters in a lot of ways. So this book coming in was not a book that I was jonesing for. Gotcha. And if we weren't doing the show, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Uh, um, I mean, that's not... A, but reading the book, it's a good book. And it, in, it, I guess it shines a light on an area of a character which I knew less about than mm-hmm. I knew about the stuff I learned in Minutemen. But... I don't care as much about that stuff because I just don't care as much about the character. So the book was good, but it, nothing about the book you know, gave me any kind of energy. So that's what I thought gotcha. about. Steve, it's funny finish off this. You said, because I feel almost the total opposite of okay. it. I, um, the whole week, I, I read my books, and I have a couple. I'm, obviously, I'm going to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. But the whole week, I was feeling very ho-hum about mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I read. But I read uh, Silk Spectre right before I got here, and aside from the book that I'm going to talk about tonight, it was the only other book where it brought me into the story. Like, I felt very disconnected with all the books that I'd read this week, whether it was Batgirl or otherwise, Avengers, AVX stuff, the Mm -hmm. the round Mm -hmm. three, whatever. Like, I just, I read them, and I was like, all right, it's a part of the story, but nothing memorable. But as far as the Silk Spectre stuff, I... I liked the like the the vibe of it. I liked the world that they created. I liked the whole like uh hippie time uh mother daughter combatant mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and uh the art was beautiful. Uh the sequence I and mean, this is not spoiler material but the the whole scene in the beginning with the father and the snow globe. Mm-hmm. Um that. yeah, those for for a few pages it was very very touching within a short mm-hmm. period of time. Mm-hmm. Um so I really dug that and uh I don't like I like the the high school uh, track star guy, mm-hmm. you know, doing his thing, and then this girl who's the daughter of a, a superhero for all mm-hmm. purposes with mm-hmm. a dark past mm-hmm. in and, the and eyes of of the public because everybody knows her dark, past. right, right, and it's just I don't know. It was it was like the only the only character aside from my other book, uh-huh, that I 
kind of felt for them, mm-hmm. and I I put myself in their shoes. I didn't do that with anybody else this week and any other character, mm-hmm. with the exception of hers. Okay. So I liked it for that reason. Like well, I found myself invested in it unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I think in a lot of ways, in the original Maxi and in the movie itself, there isn't a lot about that period for these two characters. Right. We are. Just a glimpse into what's going on for them. So if if this is the start, and we're going to move through another three, four issues of this, and see where she gets, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty interesting. Right. I, I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good start. Hmm. All right. So, Steve, you kept mentioning this other book that you yes, were liking very other much. Book. Yes. Uh, my other book is a brand new book that came out by Ken Garing. It's called Planetoid. It's from Image. It's the number one. And uh, again, being immersed in a comic book, being put into a situation where you feel for the character, you identify with them. Um, it's basically this uh, like space marine guy named Silas. His instruments go crazy. He winds up on a seemingly deserted planet. And the thing about the book is it's a, it's a world that's filled with junk. All the stuff that we've shot into space, all the broken pieces that have ever come off of a ship, it all gravitates towards this place. And it's basically formed its own consciousness and has started to come to life. The planet itself is coming to life. And it's really, you get like that. It reminded me almost of like a science fiction based Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you're... Like you're on this desolate planet. You felt that. The only thing he has to talk to kind of reminded me of uh, Jarvis from Iron Man, where it's like this, <laughs> like, you know, radio com butler thing mm-hmm. that, you know, tells him what the atmosphere is like. Is it breathable? All that stuff. It sounds um, like a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, or that. Mm-hmm. Or that. Just very extremely, extremely sci fi. Um, the art, uh, again, Ken Garing did the art as well. Very, very cool. Very uh, stylized sci-fi junkyard kind yes. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, very first alien. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean obviously the book takes off from there. Um I have real I have really high hopes for it. It's one of those books that like I really really enjoyed. It didn't throw me through a loop, but it's one of those things where it's like okay, you have a really cool premise. You've presented it well so far, but how are you going to make your book different from things that I've read that are like this? Mhm. Um, so that's what I'm waiting to see with issues two and three. I have no idea if this is ongoing or if it's just like one of five or whatever. Right. But, um, again, like just read a bunch of books this week and nothing really stuck with me or grabbed me, but being stuck with Silas on this planet Mm -hmm. and, and everywhere you look, his equipment's getting trashed, weather conditions on the planet, there's creatures, all kinds of stuff. It was just, uh, it was cool. Yeah. Well, nice. the first I read some of it through while we were here. The first six, eight, ten pages, as he's alone, mm-hmm. there's that feeling of of solitude, isolation. Yeah, that is really very much Twilight Zone, Last Man on Earth. Sort of, I'm alone here. I've got to sort out this. Right. It actually um, parts of it reminded me of that Royden Lett book that I talked about a while ago, Rust. Yeah. How like several pages there was no dialogue. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he's alone on the planet, so you're not going to get much unless he's talking to the calm. But um, it really had that like story through pictures vibe, and every so mm-hmm. often that's really nice when you're yeah. reading, you know, all this like AVX 
junk about them arguing about <laughs> shit and you're just like oh my god <laughs> Ugh, somebody please just ex. shut up yeah. and give, give me, me a some book. stillness yeah. yeah like give me a book where the picture tells a story and i understand this guy's struggle through you know, i don't even need dialogue i know and that's what the book has mm-hmm. so for that it gets my book of the week it was very cool awesome so, Stephanie, you've been a little bit of a negative Nelly the, all, the whole show. So, <laughs> what did you actually like that you read this week? Well, nothing. <laughs> Apparently. I, okay, I swear. I liked stuff. I liked lots of stuff this weekend, actually. I read a ton on this weekend. Mm. Uh, a bunch of Brian Wood stuff. And um, the first thing I want to mention is one of his books that um, he did called Deviate Gods and Monsters. And... Uh, the art's done by Rebecca Isaacs, who I can't think of what else she's done, but her art's fantastic. And um, it's an eight-part miniseries, and all the covers are done by Fiona Staples. Ooh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I just stared at the covers for a little while. <laughs> um, but basically, there's these eight heroes, and they kind of get dropped from the heavens into this uh, world full of primitive races, and um, they've been given like these voice boxes in order to understand and speak the language of the natives there. But um, there's several tribes and they're all at sort of war with each other. And these superhumans, I, I, I don't know if I could really call them superheroes, but they're superhumans for sure. Good enough. <laughs> and um, They do super stuff. They, they, they sort of wind up with, not like one of them with each tribe, but more or less. And um, instead of changing their lives for the better, they kind of sort of... Uh, bring them, like, teach them, like, the worst of our worlds kind of by helping them prepare for war and taking them into battle. And the gods um, realize that they have superpower. They think that they're gods, basically. Hmm. And so they kind of just, like, get this premise in their heads that they're, you know, they are gods. You know, they they don't remember where they came from. They fell from the sky. They have superpowers. A little bit of arrogance, it sounds like. It's, yeah, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect from this. It's, um, the series has existed before, but this was, um, like, a, again, an eight-part miniseries that just touched on, um, the deviance, I guess. It should be, and it should be an eight-part miniseries, Is it obviously. color or black and white? It's in color. It is color. Okay, um, I'm trying to remember. I've seen the seriously, absolutely before. beautiful art. Um, but it's a really interesting look at what happens when you take, um, modern superheroes, or again, superhumans, and you put them in another like setting that has no modern things at all. Um, the only one of them is kind of trying to actually better the society by like building aqueducts and things like that, and it, it's it's really great. Um, there's a lot of hints to backstory that I hadn't read. Um, and no, is that from the other series? Yeah. Okay. There's there's other stuff, but generally I got the gist of what was going on and the important bits were laid out for you. And Brian Wood did a really great job of not making it overwhelming for people who hadn't read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did, again, allude to other things that had happened in previous books, issues, or whatever. And <laughs> it made me actually want to check out more. Um, I don't know what the quality of those are, but I want to look into it. Um, it's a really cool read. I dug it a lot. 
Awesome. And it's written and by people whose names I can pronounce. So that's <laughs> like my favorite thing ever. Yeah, it makes you very happy. Uh, but you did mention before the show that you, of you liked this book. <laughs> you have some negative stuff to talk about as well. Go for it. <laughs> I know. Everyone's going to be like, fire her. Kick her off the show. She's a jerk face. Anyways, oh, morning glories. So we all know that I introduced most of you guys to morning glories. And um, I, I read 19. And I got to say, I might be done with it. Yeah. Sharp um, Elaborate, please. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> I know this is going to lead into something else that you guys are going to hate me for now, but Lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Morning Glories is very, very, very heavily influenced off of Lost. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always felt that I could get past that. As you can tell, I'm probably not the biggest fan of Lost, but we're going to carry on from that. Anyways, but I could get past that because Nick Spencer's writing was really great. I loved the art. I loved everything about it. And I just really enjoyed the story. Um, after what happened in 19... Though I feel like it's starting to get near the end of Lost where the questions just keep building up and building up and then the show ends and nothing's fucking answered. <laughs> and I feel like that's where Morning Glories is going now. And at the end of 19, I actually rolled my eyes and was like, all right. I, yeah. Wow. I don't see, I don't agree, but at the same time, I can... There was one aspect of it that I kind of... All right. If anybody's reading Morning Glories, if you're not reading Morning Glories, there's a, there's a really big blur as to if anything happens, does it matter kind of thing to it. I'm trying not to spoil it for people. <laughs> but if you... if Let's just say if you exist in a place where someone dies mm -hmm. or someone gets hurt or someone gets lost... But there's this other part of it where that didn't happen. Well, there's a lot of things about 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 uh, like fate versus controlling your own destiny. Yeah, and are mm -hmm. things in a, a certain way no matter what happens? Immutable, right? Yeah, and it, it, there's a lot of questions about that. And there are, you know, the the book fluctuates in time. Like, you know, there are flashbacks, flash forwards. So there's a lot of okay is this changeable is it not changeable that's what you're yeah, yeah. i just i want to know that if something major occurs that it matters that mm -hmm. there isn't going to be some kind of a reset button because they blur the lines of reality so much in this mm -hmm. book i mean i that's part of why i love the book mm -hmm. but at the same time i can kind of see where stephanie's coming from where in the last couple of issues they really have just been kind of building without giving you much answers to, to yeah. anything like, and it it seems like it's the time to start doing that you gonna say something stuff yeah yeah in the first few arcs like they would build up the questions and then they would give you some payoff but now i just feel like 19 was the end of an arc mm -hmm. and i was just like there was no payoff to this for me um and lost again i'm sorry for comparing it to lost so much but i mean we all know it is heavily based off, or not based off of so, it, but... No, but Nick Spencer um, has said that he takes inspiration from... Yes, exactly. And at this point in time, I'm kind of feeling like... like I felt like I wasted a lot of time on Lost, and I'm feeling like if he's drawing inspiration from that, I think I might wind up feeling like I'm wasting my time on Morning Glories after a while, too. <sighs> Ooh. Well, no. this is what I'll say about that. and I, I don't want to get in discussion about 
lost because that will be a well, three-hour three discussion. I'm not trying to pick a fight. Uh, with you no, guys. no, you're trying to pick a fight. I'm not even talking about a fight. I'm just talking about. While she puts the, the ship pot, on her ding, shoulder. Ding, yeah. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about a discussion. Even a discussion about it will take yeah. me a very long time. What I will say about Morning Glories is yes, there are a lot of questions set up in Morning Glories, especially in this end of this last arc. And the big reveal at the end of the arc, I do not feel was as powerful as the ends of either one of the other arcs. But I think it's very premature because we have no idea how long Morning Glories is going to run. It's not like it's coming up to its ending at the end of the year or something, you know? So Mm. to say they're sending up questions that they're not going to answer, I think that's you bringing baggage from your experience with Lost into this. Well, I already feel like it's getting... That was good. The questions are just... um, building up and I don't know how they're going to neatly wrap that up. I mean, again, I know that it's not about to end anytime soon, but I, I don't want to read a hundred issues of something that I'm going to be wondering what the fuck were they talking about in issue 19? Like what, at what, issue what are, 119. Right. But you, the only reason you're thinking that is because of a bad experience you had with a, a television show. But at the same time, it's building up to be a lot like that in terms of questions. I'm not just sort of. I mean, I am, but I mean, you are. You're bringing. But the thing is, like, there's Nick Spencer. You know, he has infinite time to finish this story arc. So no matter how many questions he builds up, he can always solve them. But at the same point, I think that there should be a jumping on point for other people who want to get into Morning Glories and not necessarily want to start at the beginning. And this is not going to be a friendly, like. a new comic-friendly comic for people well, to jump onto at but, any point in time other than issue number one. Well, yeah, but I, I don't think that... I mean, whatever. Bob, you want to say something? Well, I remember when I first read the... Uh, it was the first trade you guys lent me. Mm. Thinking of it as The Prisoner, the old mm-hmm. television show, which was 17 episodes and, and ended ambiguously, for those who've never mm. seen the thing, but it sort of ended in, in a way that completed a circle. Is this something that might have been better off as 12 issues two trades or get to it be succinct and compact and i'm not entirely sure that nick spencer knew that this was going to be as popular as it was um okay and continue on for 119 yeah but that's all conjecture by the way we have no idea how many right how many issues spencer played out agreed i used to follow like um when I was much more like active on DeviantArt, I used to follow Joe Isma for a long time and talk to him on there. And I remember when like he started promoting Morning Glories and like his work with it. And I'm pretty sure that they weren't confident it would do really well. But then I think they had like two or three printings of the first issue and it did spectacularly. And they were all kind of like, oh my God, this is awesome. And it kind of took off from there. So I don't know if they really realized how popular it would become. But um, I mean... I think maybe at this point in time, I would say to Bob's question that it would have been better off maybe with, you know, an ending in sight um, right off the bat. Well, here's what I'll say about that. And this is my opinion, right? I don't, the plot of Morning Glories is very cool, you know, and I like it and I like the, the mystery behind it, but that's not really the reason why I love the book. I love the book because I think the characters are extremely interesting and I, I, I'm liking their journeys and the different places they've come from. So I wouldn't have been happy with uh, two 12-page, two 12-issue runs or what have you. Okay. I, For me, I want to spend as much time with these characters as I possibly can. 
you know, I don't think we even know that much about the characters, though, and you're still really liking it. So, I mean, what do you really know about any of them? I, I they like, don't really give us much. One of them's from Toronto. <laughs> I like... Um, That's all I know. <laughs> I'm, I don't even know how to answer that question. I mean, yeah. it's like... I'm not going to sit here and go through character bios yeah. of no, characters. No, I know, but I mean, it, wasn't, it was sort of rhetorical. Right. It was sort of you're trying to slam me. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, sorry. I was being snarky. You were being snarky's, very snarky. Snarky's fun. Stirring the pod. But this is, but again, and again, this is, I'll bring it back to you comparing it to Lost really quick because um, that's how the conversation started in, in a lot of ways. It's just, that's the reason I loved Lost. And the ending of Lost, whatever you, whatever your opinion of it is, yes, it did not wrap up a lot of the plot threads that they had set up before. But to me, it closed off all those characters in the way that I had wanted them to be closed off. So I was happy with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's all I want. I, I'm I'm much more about the journey of this book than if they're going to answer a question that got raised in issue 18 and issue 100. I don't really care about that. That's minutia to me. It, it's I, I'm in it more for the journey. So that's okay. Now you have to hope, though, as uh, Stephanie is saying, that they had a plan to start with, as opposed to their yeah. sort of ad living as they go along, which ends up in I guess a bad spot because you don't know what's they don't know what's going to happen, and so I guess. You can, can I can I just say something? Sure. There's nothing to say that let's say they didn't plan on it being as big as mm-hmm. it is or having as much mm-hmm. of a fan base. There's no reason to believe that uh, Joe Isma and Nick Spencer couldn't have sat down and reprioritized mm-hmm. the goals of the book once they realized, holy shit, Agreed. we have yeah. a really good book on mm-hmm. our hands. And I, you know, like, it's I, my, I totally agree with you, Steve. It's my second favorite book that comes onto the mm-hmm. shelves next to Whispers. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's the book I wait for. And I've gotten a lot of people into it, friends mm-hmm. of mine that don't read comics. They're reading Morning Glories. Um, but to think that they, I mean, there are plenty of things that don't have an end in sight that are still going on that are entertaining. I agree with you, Steve. And, well, you know, I yeah, the third arc, I mean, I don't think of books in terms of arcs. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Like, just because, just because there's going to be a trade of, of up until this point, mm-hmm. that's not going to make me say, like, okay, well, this is the cutoff where it was, you know, going to make or break my decision as to whether to press on with this book. Mm-hmm. It was just another piece of the puzzle. Right. You know, it, it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't, like, take a rest stop there for me. Mm-hmm. Well, so, Morning Glories was oh, go never ahead. like that for me. Like, I always wanted to read it, and it was, like, my favorite comic book. Mm-hmm. And... It wasn't a decision where I'm like, uh, I'm going to read this and see if I want to like keep going with it. I just read 19 and was like, I don't I I don't know what to do with this because I don't think I want to follow this anymore. I think you need to read some of the books that I've let go. You'd want to <laughs> kill yourself. Yeah, but I mean, I also don't have the time or the money to devote to something that's just going to like loop around in circles. Right, but you're saying that after one issue that you didn't like. Yeah, but it's but that's all I'm saying. I think you're, I, I I just think you're being a little preemptive. Again, like don't like what you're not going to like, but I think it's a series that you've been loving and to kind of read an issue and be like I don't want it to go around in circles with no other proof of that except this one issue which you don't like. Well, truthfully, it's not just the one issue. This was the one that just like 18 was sort of yeah for me, but I was willing. I thought it was maybe just a yeah issue. <laughs> 
and it's just kind of going downhill for me. That's okay. all. Okay. Well, see, books never used to be written to arcs and whatever. Mm-hmm. They'd go on for years and years and years. But because this may have been planned that way, have they now taken a side road that someone like Stephanie, who's reading it in that way, is anticipating? Uh, I just I think just she's to... getting impatient. <laughs> <laughs> but this is—I mean, I mean, Stephanie can like and not like what she wants. To Obviously, like. but no. Um, <laughs> what I'm just saying is that I, I, we, we, you have presupposed this now. Stephanie presupposed this. We have no evidence that before they start, Nick Spencer could have been like, okay, I don't know if it's going to go for three, four, five years, but I have, you know, a. a, a I have the first, like, I have the, the broad strokes of six arcs planned out. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't, that couldn't be true. He could have had three issues planned out before yeah. he started yeah. the book. I don't know that, but I think to suppose that's the truth is, well, a, little bit, is a little bit. I'm know. not supposing, but what it feels like to me is filler. It doesn't okay. feel like story, it feels like filler. Okay. That's, and, that's a good way that, to end it, I think. That said, yeah. good job. Um, What's your book of the week, Bobby? <laughs> Morning Glory is number 19. (laughs) Yes, I have one. It's uh, my book of the week is The Massive, number one from Dark Horse. Sounds huge. It's another, which I hated. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I just hung up the call on Skype from Stephanie. Uh, It's also by Brian Wood, who wrote Stephanie's book of the week. And this is a a new uh, series. It's a post apocalyptic tale of, you know, freezing conservationalist militants who are looking for their lost sistership. You know, that old yarn that we've heard so many <laughs> times done. before. Polar bears. When I saw the description for The Massive, I was not especially excited because it just, I was like, okay, another post-apocalyptic story. Not really something that jazzes me that much. I like that setting, but I've seen so many of them in movies, TV, video mm-hmm. games, and, and comic books that... I wasn't really jazzed about it. After reading the book, I'm completely jazzed about it. It's a different take on the story. It's not, you know, wastelands and fallout shelters and, you know, um, guys on motorcycles with like chained, you know, maces and stuff. All the tropes we've come to know when we think of post apocalyptic stuff or aliens or anything like that. There are pirates, though. There are pirates. There are pirates. Arr. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> and so this, the world has gone to shit. There's something they call the crash, which weather went crazy. You know, um, millions of lives have been lost. The, the economy is in shambles. And the Arctic is collapsing. The Arctic is collapsing. And this ninth wave conservationist group, they have two ships out. They make a decision where they're going to go to port or stay out and kind of try to ride through this. They decide to. Um, one of the ships, the Massive, goes missing. When the story starts, the other ship is looking for the Massive. That story is, you know, pretty straightforward, which I think is one of the great things about the book is you don't get lost in all of this, what happened here and what happened there. There's a, a spine of the story that's very simple. We've lost our friends. We need to find them. But what really made the book sore to me was there were these pages of, you know, information, basically. There are usually information dump pages, but done in that JFK, you know, Zodiac, really interesting procedural way. We're just going to give you all this information, but it's going to be fascinating. And it was fascinating to me to hear about the history of this, this world and what had happened 
and to still have a lot of mystery about what's going on. Now, those pages brought me up short when I, when I just looked at it. Yeah. The, the sort of triptych, you know, three panels on a mm-hmm. page, and yeah. it's, we're here, we're here, we're here. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I, I want there to be a second massive. I want to mm-hmm. see that story, too. And who yeah. knows where we're going to go as we're going. Yeah. It is great, straight science fiction. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, brilliant yeah. issue. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Steve, you read it, right? Yeah, uh, my prediction. I just actually just looking at it when uh, when you were talking. It says part one of three landfall. So my guess is that there's going to be you know three parts to their story. Then maybe you'll get your wish and yeah. we'll see the massive story. Yeah, um, that's my guess. As far as yeah, it was weird. I knew that you were going to talk about it on the show, so I didn't really invest myself in it as much but i i called it last week when we were going through the books that i was like yeah i'm gonna pick Mm -hmm. that up it looked really cool um the information dump was almost a little bit too much for me like as much as i enjoyed it and i did i felt like it took up a bulk of the book that i didn't get to spend as much time with the characters like the characters agreed yeah the (laughs) character the characters didn't like no, none, none of them, with the exception of the the female mm-hmm. lead. Mary. I can't yeah. remember. Mary, yeah, Mary. Mary, she's got balls, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you know, so she she's taking charge of doing her thing. But everybody else kind of just remind me of like somebody that just came out of the ski lodge and they were stuck <laughs> on this boat, and um, I didn't connect with like anybody mm-hmm. on this thing. I didn't feel a sense of loss. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that they're looking, but, but like nobody, they didn't, I don't know who's on that boat. Mm-hmm. I know it was part of their fleet. And there's a brotherhood, like an underlying brotherhood that comes along with being in the military mm-hmm. or whatever. But I felt for the world, which I guess is, is mm-hmm. the bigger thing right? with all the tragedies that happened. And mm-hmm. it was really cool how detailed they were. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm more interested in what's going on out out there mm-hmm. where they're talking about, I don't give a shit about mm-hmm. the people from the massive mm-hmm. and the people looking for them yet. Okay. I'm not saying it yet. won't happen. I think yet's the key word. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it yeah. won't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying thus far, like you're just a, a vessel for the story. I don't care. Like if mm-hmm. you died this issue, I would have been like, Oh, well that's that. Right. You know? So that's my only thing. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Stephanie, Steph, go ahead. Yeah. Um, to add on to Steve's point, as far as uh, sort of the backstory they gave you, I almost felt that it would have been more effective if they had done something along the lines of um, what Cormac McCarthy did for The Road, um, where it's kind of this catastrophe that's happened and this post-apocalyptic world, but you don't really know what happens. Like it just sort of it's unsaid and there's hints to it, but you never really know. And it's just sort of it lets you build up in your head what's going on. Like, I think some of the panels, and without spoiling, they show a city and it's partially underwater. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been neat to kind of see without the backstory and just be like, sup with that place. <laughs> and, uh, like, it, I, I think it would have left it to be a bit more intriguing and then to give some of the backstory a bit later because I felt like a lot of the characters and the story with the massive wasn't actually really explained to the point where it would draw in as many readers for an issue number two. Um, I will personally check it out and at least give it until, you know, it's third book or third uh, issue. But I, I definitely think that maybe the way they put it together wasn't as um, compelling as it could have been. 
That's all. Bob, you want to go? Sure. Uh, it. I agree to a point, but with so much clutter with post-apocalyptic books all mm-hmm. over the place, just as there are a lot of books about teenagers finding superheroes and mm-hmm. whatever, maybe the only way to cut through the clutter is to show you what happened. To force you to look at a world that's now changed and why, mm-hmm. and then get back in. You have one character you can hang a yeah. hook on, and then pull yourself with. Oh, I totally the agree with that, and that's through. the reason that I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just as as far as as caring, like we mentioned earlier, like Silk Spectre or Silas from Planetoid, mm-hmm. I felt for him immediately. Mm-hmm. His situation, I was like, well, fuck. I was like, I wouldn't want to be stranded on a planet, and even yeah. with all the decimation going on in this book, I can't relate to any of, of the people that are on that boat yet because A, I don't really know who they are, and B, none of them are me. Like, I'm okay. not, I not aside from them being military and being from the ski lodge shit, like, I just don't... They don't look like me. Well, they're not they military. Like they're environmental conservative. They're conservationists. They're Greenpeace. Yeah. They're... Fucking hippies with guns. Yes, but they're not military. Fucking hippies. Um, <laughs> they don't want to go into the military. They even make that point. Yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. get drafted. Well, yeah. oh, sorry. No, go, go, go. go Seventy. Go. Um, I was talking about this uh, with uh, the owner of the Silver Snail in Toronto on Monday, and uh, that's the best name for a bar ever. By the way. Well, it's actually a comic book shop. <laughs> oh. Should be a bar. They should serve drinks. <laughs> And escargot well, while they're in. Hey. I will let him know. Yeah. We'll visit <laughs> if he's serving drinks. Oh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Stephanie. Um, I was talking to him about it, and he kind of pointed out, and I mean, it is kind of, at, like, as far as the, you know, catastrophe backstory, um, he kind of hinted that they don't give you a year or anything. No. Um, it's just, like, September 12th, this mm-hmm. happened, and, mm-hmm. like, on May 15th, this happened, and... All of the things are things that have been happening sort of in a lower scale in our world now. Mm-hmm. And he kind of uh, said that it was – it seemed to be playing on the idea that this could ha- be happening this year or next year. Right. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean it's kind of – I mean sort of an obvious point if you've read the book I think. But at the same time, it was a neat thing for him to bring up and yeah, uh, an interesting perspective. Spooky. Well, I mean, what I'll say about it is that to your point about the road, Stephanie, I love the road. It's a it's a fantastic it's book. Fantastic. Uh, um, but I don't think Brian Woods telling that story. You know, the reason that I think the road is not telling you its backstory is that because it's very much just about this man and this kid. You know, and oh, then totally try to survive. And Brian Woods telling a much bigger story here. And I think that you have to have these kind of. Um, reasons because this is a story about conservationists and I think that's going to come very much into play as mm-hmm. we go along here. What were the environmental uh, causes of what happened and so on and so on. I do agree with you guys that I do not think that the characters are especially stand out in this issue, right? But the world to me is so engrossing that I'm willing to read more and I don't even notice the fact that the characters aren't very deep because I'm so engrossed by the world. I need one of those two things, right? I can have characters I really love and a world I don't really care about, or mm-hmm. a world I really love, and characters I'm not quite sure about yet. I don't dislike any of these characters, and yes, that one woman has lady balls, so I'm <laughs> excited balls. to keep reading yeah. about her. I don't like Fem some of the nuts. character designs. Like, I don't like the design of the captain, uh, but other than that, 
I just found it engrossing. And I love the pages at the end, like the documents at the end and the pictures with... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It just feels like there's so much research and so much, so much thought put into the book. Well, I, again, it seems like it's part one of three, which would yeah. be part of maybe, as Steve says, maybe a three-section thing here. Yeah. I'm willing to go to the next two. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I think another part of it for me personally is that I'm coming off of the whole Prometheus alien thing <laughs> where you have the crew mm-hmm. and each the crew in both the film and, well, both films really, mm-hmm. were everybody had their own personality. Mm-hmm. They were very strong personalities, you know, mixed bag of nuts the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed, it seemed like everybody was on like Thorazine on this <laughs> fucking boat. <laughs> I don't know. For, for a post-apocalyptic end of the end of the world thing they weren't very um reactionary right but i think it's because it's already happened that's what i like about it you know it's almost like what the day after tomorrow should have I been i would still yep. be shitting my pants the day after the bomb dropped dude i'm just well there's no bomb that's the thing it's not it's oh, this, a bomb. the ocean you know, rose right that's what i like about yeah. it it's no it's not a bomb there's not a comet coming to hit the earth right you know that's what i like about it well the all right, Global fine. Then, warming is the criminal yeah then that yes. then that makes my point all the more valid because you never Aerosol know a, a fissure could open up and send all. steam up your ass and burn you never mind <laughs> i guess a could. crack in the world <laughs> as a sidebar the variant cover for this book is very pretty. It is gorgeous. It's <laughs> jellyfish-erific. Oh, yeah? Yes. Ooh. I think the the main cover is pretty beautiful as well. Yes, it got uh, cover second running and second, cover of the week. Actually, yeah. did it? No, it was main cover it of the week. It got main yeah. cover of the week. Oh, yeah. oh. There you go. How about that? Um, <laughs> so that's it for our book of the week segment. We're going to take a little break and come back to talk about the worst comic book adaptations <gasps> of all time. Right, we are back, and we are going to be talking about the worst comic book adaptations of all time. Are we angry about this or happy about the, the train wreck that we're going to talk Just about? Just be however you feel, Bob. Be natural. I'm thrilled. I think okay. it's hysterical. You can revel in the horribleness, yes. or oh, you can I'm... be angry at it. You can start throwing tables, you know. Not this table. Not we, this we table. Would be that would, recording there's now. a lot of uh, equipment on yeah. this table. <laughs> um, you know, hulk out a little bit. You know. So... All right, so we, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the best Marvel movies, and we we talked a lot about good stuff here. We're gonna talk about some bad stuff. Bob, you have the uh, we're gonna do this kind of free form the it. master list. You, but Bob the has master a, list has a master list of stuff. Uh, why don't you just you know you don't have to go in order, Bob, but you can give us okay. something from somewhere. It, something that, everything. I just for fun because it's so out of left field. Um, there, there. 20-odd years ago, CBS commissioned a Justice League pilot. Okay. Which I bought at a convention. It is one of the worst things ever. (laughs) I actually already gave it away. Oh, wow. It is hideous. It might as well be the backyard people with foam rubber costumes on. (laughs) Uh, It's sort of the Justice League international era. So you've got a Martian Manhunter, which is a guy with red suspenders Mm. and green body paint (laughs) and... Please, if, if you get a chance, it's on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. always it's always up there. Watch three or four minutes. It's all you need to see. <laughs> Watch it. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. It is one of those things. Again, it's late '80s, early '90s. It might as well have you know Olivia Newton-John headbands and let's mm-hmm. get physical. It is. 
<laughs> awful, <laughs> awful, but needs to be seen. And that's at number actually 14 on my list. So that tells you <laughs> it is bad, but there's much worse above it. Well, in tandem in that, what about the unaired Wonder Woman pilot? Um, is it on your list? It is at number 17 oh, okay. on my list. <laughs> As well as, though, the 60s Wonder Woman pilot, which is around okay. to see, where when they did Batman, William Dozier decided to do Batman. a Wonder Woman. But what Wonder Woman was then was, well, it's going to be hard to explain, um, she is a really, really homely, regular person who lives at home with her nagging mom, who, when she looks in the mirror, sees Wonder Woman. <laughs> Okay. They shot about 15 minutes of this. The costume is perfect mm -hmm. and much better than David Kelly's Wonder Woman mm -hmm. with the famous TNA moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Diana Prince should not be complaining to her underling. She runs a giant company in the David Kelly version mm -hmm. about how her action figure has too much TNA. <laughs> no. I, I don't know, Bob. The other one, the one, other one you... Uh... Explain sound a lot worse to me. I don't know. <laughs> they're both bad, and mm -hmm. they're both equal at number 17. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Moving on. I don't really have a, a list. Per se. I have a list, but I don't have anything in order. So, I'm just going to, you know, bring okay. up a movie or a TV show that I think is particularly horrible. Let's get the easiest one out of the way first, which would be Catwoman. Number two. The Halle, <laughs> the Halle Berry Catwoman. Ugh. Uh, really kind of spinning off her success in... You know, um, Die Another Day is really where it comes out of this movie happens. Yeah. Sort of also out of Monster's Ball winning the Oscar. Uh, DC... A and not the line about the toad. Okay, no, not the line about the toad. DC decides mm -hmm. to, um, you know, they can only make Batman movies, so they decide to make a Catwoman movie that has nothing to do with Batman in, in the slightest. Mm -hmm. um, starring Halle Berry with Sharon Stone. You know, what's the worst part of Catwoman Imagine for you? Brett. Everything. Um, yeah. I, I watched it today. I'm pretty fresh on how bad it is. I can. Well, Steve, why don't you go then? Okay. What What's wrong with this movie? What's wrong with this movie is what that isn't it's, wrong with it. It sucks <laughs> right from the start. It yeah. sucks in the opening credits mm -hmm. because supposedly not only are we not seeing a movie about Selena Kyle, right, which is ridiculous, which is ridiculous, mm -hmm. but the Catwoman. It's it's now the Catwoman. Yeah. It's not just Catwoman. It's the Catwoman mm. is now an ancient entity <laughs> that is kind of a descendant of Bost mm -hmm. and has gone on through the generations to uh, be bestowed or infect various women throughout history who have mm -hmm. joined the circus. One of them was a jewel thief. <laughs> and all of these different influences have kind of collected within this army of cats. Mm -hmm. And when somebody, I guess, worthy uh, or, or that it's passed down. That whosoever it, be worthy, if he right, holds whoever, this whoever, cat, shall hold the power of cat Whosoever dies in a uh, cosmetics lab uh, <laughs> fucking uh, machinery yeah. purge, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they give her the, the power of the Catwoman, which instead of turning her into a superhero, turns her into a raving lunatic yeah. that has so many cat cliches that it makes me want to throw up mm -hmm. hairballs. Ha -ha. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> she's a hell of a basketball player, really though. No, she's fucking. She's ordering cream at the bar. <laughs> yeah, yep. she the basketball scene. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and one of the worst scenes in movie history. Well, yeah, it is. But really, to the thing that pissed me off. I mean, there's so much about that movie that's terrible. But what really, really bothered me was 
there's really no villain. The villain is like a a, a Tim Gunn is is pretty cool, <laughs> but if Tim Gunn was like a you know sinister, <laughs> snobby, <laughs> uh, evil villainy, you know kingpin of a cosmetics company, <laughs> yeah. That what the fuck? Like what? This is the villain for a cat. When we first of all. Again, it's not Selena Kyle. No. It's Patience. Yeah. Um, Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake, of course. Yeah. That is Ricky Lake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she did a better job being on the front of the boat in Cabin Boy with Chris Elliott <laughs> than she did in this movie. Yeah. She is creepy mm-hmm. in this yeah. movie. Utterly creepy. Is there anybody good in this movie? I mean, no. that actually equates the, themselves no. the, well here. No. The the whole like the whole uh, the affair with the. Um, the uh the, the, the te- cop the captain yeah, oh. Benjamin, yeah. Brad. Benjamin like, Brad. the the moments that those two share are disgusting mm-hmm. the thing with the Ferris wheel when the Ferris like oh. everywhere she goes shit happens she goes to the jewelry store out of, on a whim it's being robbed she goes mm-hmm. to the carnival the Ferris wheel is falling apart and not only are the gears falling apart but the chair that holds the little kid. That's falling apart too, mm-hmm. because that's going to be super exciting to see more CGI yeah, like Catwoman cat <laughs> exactly. bouncing around the fucking oh. carnival to save this little brat. Mm-hmm. It sucks so bad. It does. She gets the little thing. The uh, woman from Six Feet Under throws her the little ball catnip. She starts <laughs> yeah. making love to it with her oh, face. That was, that, that's <laughs> my favorite bad scene. Oh. And her house, it's the crazy cat lady house. Let's drop 47,000 photos yeah. off the balcony. All the various cat women. Who cares? I've just, Nobody. <laughs> I've never seen a movie about a, a, a well-known and well-established character with a solid backstory be so disregarded mm-hmm. for the sake of getting Holly Berry into a revealing leather outfit. Right, yeah, yeah. Which... Which is her date Which, outfit that they cut into pieces right, with a razor right. blade and she's like, or something. Take, 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 use this outfit in, in an emergency date situation. Yeah. You're not going to fucking wear that. <laughs> You're not going to wear that at all. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, what the fuck? She's this little mousy uh, mm-hmm. ad agency mm-hmm. cosmetics thing. I'll draw pictures. Who the fuck bought her that? I don't know. Who knows her Ricky that Lake. said, honey, <laughs> when you go out on that date, when you meet a man, you're going to, you know, you're going to wear this. You're going <laughs> to blow his mind. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. And you can't play basketball in that thing. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Stephanie, anything more to add? Did you try? <laughs> I watched it today. I'm still recovering. <laughs> I fucking hated it so bad. So Stephanie, this Catwoman, better or worse than the new 52 Catwoman? Um, well, at least that's Selena Kyle. But I mean... Maybe they could have used patience in this new 52, so that could be simultaneously butchered. You know? Yes. <laughs> Mush them together. I just remember yeah, in, the tra- exactly. in the trailer for the movie, there's like this line. I, I'm going to get it wrong now because it's so long ago, but I used to laugh about the line in the trailer all the time. Benjamin Bratt's character is like, she's like, she's so feline. She's almost animal or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is well, one of the stupidest lines ever, and you put that in the trailer. Stephanie, go ahead. My opinion on... Halle Berry is she fucking ruins comic book movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Keep your face out of anything to ever happen to in comics ever again, Halle Berry. You can't act. I don't know how you got an Oscar because you're the worst. She has to give her Oscar back just for Catwoman. <laughs> yep. Well, and that and 
What happens when a toad gets struck by lightning? <laughs> the same thing that happens to everything, everything else. What about the scene? I'm sorry, I'm going to go on. What about the scene where she tries to stop the rowdy party? Next door. Oh, and kicks the door off yeah, the Yeah, she kicks the door off the hinges. She's so twitchy. Like, I know that they're trying to give her mm-hmm. the whole cat thing, mm-hmm. but come on. Yeah. Like, she just... And people just stand there. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have swatted her down. She mm-hmm. didn't... Do, what, she pounced? Yeah. Big fucking deal. She's using a a, th- a rope from a keg. Yeah. To the spout from the keg as a whip. And she's like, ooh, this feels familiar and right. So now I'm going to, you know, and, and in, in a day... In yeah. a day, she's fucking whipping around. She's doing all kinds of fancy tricks with it. Bullshit. I don't care if you were imbued with, you know, the Lord of the Cats and the yeah. whips. <laughs> it's going to take you at least Lord a week to learn know, how to do that I got that river shit. dancing. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I fucked yeah, that movie, yeah. man. Except I, maybe it's yeah, the yeah, sucks. Yeah. If you're Lord of the Cats, you're doing the horror, I guess. Oh, God. Sorry. It's so bad. It is... Pretty horrendous. It's only my number two, though. We're saving number one for the last minute. There are seriously. (laughs) Stephanie, what's on your list? You haven't gotten a. uh, Well, I'm going to start with another obvious one here. And I'll lead this uh, by saying it's one of two movies I've fallen asleep at at the theater. Um, And that's Ghost Rider. Oh. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the second one because the first one was so appallingly bad, or at least (laughs) the half an hour I watched of it. And, um, yeah, Nick Cage. Also, stay away from comic book movies, except for Kick-Ass, because you were actually kind of right in that. Yeah, but yeah, aside exactly. from that, fuck right off, okay? You, you don't Who like... women e- women dressed as a bear? <laughs> Anyone? I know. It's Wicker Man. I know. Yeah. I've seen the YouTube clip. Obviously, you don't like jelly beans a lot. Ghost Rider is so filled with jelly beans. What? What? Yes, he's eating giant bowls of jelly beans. That's his big... Is that I his love thing? Jelly yeah. beans. Yeah. I'm not in the movie. Jelly beans yes, in the like... movie. He's got giant oh, really? bowls of jelly beans. I don't remember beans. that. I watched it once. <laughs> and I fell asleep. There you go. So you missed the jelly beans. That, that, that's one of those movies that it's definitely on, like, I wrote down, like, a list, like, a short list of movies, and it's on here. Of the movies, other movies I have on here, though, it's probably, I would probably, I would definitely watch it over some of them because I think that, at least in a lot of ways, it was trying to be a good movie. You know, I think they wanted to make a good movie and they just didn't. You know, whereas in yeah, Catwoman, watching. it feels like, no, no, it's not worth watching. And no one who hasn't seen Dude, Ghost Rider should ever rewatch Catwoman. Ghost Rider <laughs> or, or watch Ghost Rider. But with Catwoman, it was like a director who had never read a comic book, a writer who obviously never read a comic book. You know, that Ghost Rider, at least it feels like that guy knew yeah. the character, you know, at least a little bit. The second one is equally as bad, but for a totally different reason. It's just bad in a totally different it's way. the bike scene where he's trying to keep his shit together. And he, yeah. oh God, dude. I watched a, a YouTube clip of that the other day and somebody was just like, what? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what I was doing. I was with you in the theater. Yeah, I was yeah. reading over and I'm like, what are we watching? <laughs> Why are we here? Yeah. It's, uh, but Peter Fonda's not bad. Peter Fonda? Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, Bridget's dad. Yeah, yes. It's not bad in Ghost Rider. Uh, so not the same horrible piece of shit as Catwoman but still a very nothing ba- well only one thing yeah for Bob is, only is one thing where, but still a very bad movie um, Steve you want to venture one for us or you want us to go back to Bob let me uh, let me look at Bob's list let me oh uh, Bob's letting you look at his list yes he, he died a little bit inside yes when you looked you, at you his list you saw my crestfallen <laughs> face yes uh, how about um, X-Men 3 X-Men 3 okay 
Yeah. Or or even we'll go with the threes. How about Spider Man three? Well, well those are yeah. two. Yeah, um, Stephen, you want to go first? I thought it was my turn. Oh right, oh sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Steve, sorry, go. Um, really quick, Spider Man three, uh, shoehorning Venom's character mm. into that Absolutely. movie was a mistake. Um, I've only seen that movie one time. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the theaters, and the only thing that I that I I took two things away from it. One was. <laughs> Topher Grace and mm-hmm. quite big question mark yeah. for that. Not that he's bad, mm-hmm. but for Eddie Brock for Venom, weird choice. He, sh- he really should just play Ben Riley, the clone of Spider Man, because yeah. he looks yeah. just like him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course the the famous famous uh, staying alive. Oh yeah, Evo Parker <laughs> scene. Yeah. Um, I understand what they were going for. I get that. Like the suit turns him to have dark intent mm-hmm. but does it really that? turn him into an asshole too well it may be but again when I, i'm watching the movie the first time i'm going this is what they think dark is right that he's like, you know, rude to bandage. people on the yeah. sidewalk yeah. Yeah. dark means listening to my chemical romance yeah obviously exactly yes. and then they're trying to recreate the scene from the second movie the rain drip raindrops keep falling on my head scene yeah. But in like the opposite, you know, yeah. from Happy Peter to I'm a, I'm dark and evil. But it's just it's like a child's way to show somebody. It, and and Raimi wrote the screenplay. No, he didn't. He didn't write the screenplay. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he Side. didn't. Okay. Sidebar, I thought Bobby, he was on board. Please use the there. dark and evil voice always. What? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Your impression. Check. Uh, my, my dark Spider-Man voice. He he yep. also was, you know. Im- Avi Arad impressed upon him the the need for Venom in a movie that didn't need Venom, where he wanted the Vulture. Uh-huh. So I'll give him a, a, a slight pass, but it is really bad. I'm not giving him a pass. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> uh, Sorry. They're signing your check, and Look, at the end of the day, you're sort of... The guy who runs the studio says... Venom. Venom's important. We need Venom in this yeah, movie. But then no, if we you, don't. Yeah, but if you're going to do that, do it in such a way. I mean, uh, Raimi is Agreed. no stranger to writing great movies. Bob was right. Okay. And Alvin Sargent was the other person. Okay. Right. You know, he's, we'll blame him. He's made some of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's agreed. no reason why he couldn't have, even with the, you know, maybe he didn't want to, and they said, well, you're going to have to. He could have been like, all right, if that's what you really want, let me sit down, give me a little bit more time, and let me figure out a way that I can introduce him into it that's not going to be bullshit. And that whole, the climax of the character, the look of the character, the attitude of the character, the origin of the character, it was all wrong Mm -hmm. and completely overshadowed what could have been a decent finale Mm -hmm. For two films, the first one being pretty pretty damn good, and then the second one being excellent. Great. Yeah, to go out on such a fucking shitty note mm-hmm. with that with the really the Venom stuff weighing it down. I mean, sure. the Sandman stuff was pretty cool. It was pretty he's, cool. He's, you know, I like. I don't like they changed the origin. I hate that now. It's like Flint Marco who's responsible for no, that's terrible. for Uncle Ben's death. Yeah, well, that was that was another stupid yeah. mistake. That's why the movie sucks. That's just bullshit movie studio logic it's it's joker having, batman it's having yeah. the joker being the one who killed batman's parents in, in the yeah. tim burton batman yeah you yeah. know as Ex- a sidebar though Go i mean ahead. we that's not going to be the end of the franchise we've got the reboot and apparently that's supposed to be like what avengers did for comics you know this spider-man movie is going to be wow okay. great 
Let's hope so. Wow. Now, now, uh, and Mark face. Webb, is it a coincidence that he's doing the movie? Yeah. Webb, yeah. Spider-Man, huh? Huh? It's going to be great. <laughs> X-Men 3 follows the same arc in terms of the Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies in that one was pretty good, mm-hmm. two was better, mm-hmm. three was a piece of garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially considering what the Phoenix Saga was and what mm-hmm. Singer wanted to do for two movies, that mm-hmm. we get that... Well, you get two. You get two stories moshed together. Poop. You get the mutant cure, and poop. one of our listeners on Twitter actually brought this up as well. Um, you get the mutant cure, and you get the Phoenix Saga, which are two totally separate stories, and they mush them together into one story. That's neither, neither one of them. Yeah. And just like in Spider-Man Three, here's the thing about Spider-Man Three: in Spider-Man One and Two, they have been setting up this whole time, this Harry Osborn becoming the Green Goblin, going to take revenge on Spider-Man story. And by forcing Venom in the story, you can't do that. That can't be the, the, your end game because now you also have Sandman in your story. Really? And so why would – it makes no sense why Sandman and Venom would ever team up even though they do in that movie. It doesn't make any sense. I mean Venom doesn't give a shit about Anything. anybody else. <laughs> yeah. He's, he has a singular mind. And the thing was it was obvious that Raimi did not like that story. He did not want to tell the Venom story. It was not from his time of reading Spider-Man, so he didn't want to tell that story. There's a place for that story. It's a good story. You can't make it in one movie, and you can't make it the way they did it. Um, and X-Men 3 is just... It's more understandable in its in its shittiness because they... <laughs> Spike boy, spiky face? It's uh, yeah. not even just spiky face. Um, <laughs> it should have been the Morlocks. It's, it's because they said, okay, this movie's coming out May whatever this year okay, we're bringing on, they brought on Matthew Vaughn first. Matthew Vaughn was like, I can't make the movie you want me to make in 10 months. It's impossible. So they fired him and brought on Brett Ratner to direct it. Everybody loves Brett Ratner. Yeah. And to be fair to Brett Ratner, in this case, that movie was already set up and ready to go when he walked on that movie. Mm -hmm. They said, here's the movie, you're making this movie go. Brett Ratner's the kind of director who doesn't have, he's not going to be the guy who goes, but my vision is for this to go. He's like, oh, okay. If I get the check from this movie, I can buy a new house and a new sports car. Some other girl will sleep with me and I'll make an ass of myself yeah. somewhere else. Uh, it'll be okay because I made a bunch of money. Maybe I'll direct the Emmys or the Oscars. Right, or so, hmm? yeah, understandable. I mean, um, Stephanie, what is your opinion on, on X-Men 3? I, as, like, the Phoenix Sega is actually one of my favorite X-Men stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the worst. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I like the X-Men movies for the most part, um, but I mean, right off the bat, they ruined Rogue, and so that put me, that, that soured Grr. X-Men movies for me. I mean, they turned her into fucking Jubilee, so... Yeah. They turned her Jubilee. I, I, nice I just... Job. <laughs> I, I mean, X3 was entertaining from someone's perspective that has no, you know... Taste? Yep. <laughs> Basically, or, you know, knows nothing about comics, but, I mean, it, what did it bring in? Like, $450 million? It brought in a lot of money. So, yeah. I mean, it did well, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't That doesn't good. mean anything. Yeah. No. Well, it's, it's coming and off And they just good threw movie. in a lot of yeah. characters, and they were like, oh, well, we like this character from the comics. Mm. Well, somebody was obviously like that. Nobody who actually, you know, wrote right. anything. They were just like, well, this person exists? And they were like, great, that person? We're going to turn him into this and the make him juggernaut. like this? Oh. And oh. then like this, and then Vinnie Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the juggernaut. juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And what a waste of Ellen Page. Oh, you she's, she's very good in the movie, actually. I yeah. think that I would like to see another movie with her as Kitty Pride in it, but she's one of the only standouts in that whole movie. Maybe we'll get her in Days of Future Past. Maybe. We also get like a half a second of real Iceman when he's full yeah. iced down. It's a horrible effect, but it was at least cool to be like, oh my God, it's actually Iceman. You know? Standout of the oh. movie is Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, in performance-wise, yes. Yeah. But While we're on this note, I think everyone could possibly agree also on Wolverine. What, X-Men oh, Origins yeah, Wolverine? Oh, a bad one, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yes, it's bad, but I don't think it's as bad as X-Men 3. I think it's just... I don't know. Boring. I have an early, early copy of that movie. Without right. the special effects. Well, I have the, the one that leaked. Yeah. It the one that is leaked, yeah. infinitely more entertaining <laughs> than the actual, it is so mm. funny. I, re- I, I regretted seeing the real version after <laughs> I watched the one that I watched. I actually didn't. All I saw was the one... Sons of X. Missing out when he runs his hand over that car and there's no claws and that hood starts to rip open. It's awesome. No, all I saw was the one with no effects. Oh, then you're then that's it. <laughs> then you're golden. <laughs> you're good. Um, I think it probably just because of expectations. I didn't really expect X Men's origin, X Men Origins Wolverine to be great because it was coming off X Men Three, you know. But I wanted X Men Three to be great, and they released a great trailer for it, and then it was just a a stinker of a movie. Poop. You know, there's Poop. a lot of things about X-Men's Origins Wolverine. We should talk about this already, actually, yeah. that I just don't like. But, um, yeah. So, that's the those tandem of threes there. Mm. Uh, I'll throw another one at you. Sure. I, this is another easy one, obviously. Uh, Batman and Robin. Number four. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Chill out. Don't leave the cave without it. Yeah. Oh, God. Or the, the bat Bruce. skates. The bat skates, yep. yep. Bruce, it's me, Barbara. <laughs> Shoot her in the head, drop her <laughs> off a building, anything. And let alone that she's Alfred's niece. What happened to Commissioner Gordon? Where's oh, yeah. Uh. There there's that first moment, like I don't I remember being a kid and seeing that movie, and it was one of the first movies as a kid where I was like, This isn't very good. You I know, just, I just got a mental flash of when they're putting on the suits mm-hmm. and Batman turns cheek mm-hmm. and you just get a close up of uh, bat ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All up in your face. Yep. Is that and, suit the one with bat nipples? That's the yes. one. Yes. Yeah. And then they have the uh, shot of Robin's cod piece yep. as mm-hmm. well to compliment the bat ass. Mm-hmm. Sexy. Oh, it's so sexy. It's so hot. I mean, at least Clooney, to his credit, said, I'm the guy who ruined Batman. Well, yeah. No, it's not you. Yeah, it's Joel Schumacher. Let's be fair. Wait, and Uma Thurman is... Poison Ivy. Yeah. And uh, Wait, is Drew Barrymore in this one, too? I can't remember. No, yeah, she's, no she's, forever. she was in... Uh, no, she's forever. in Forever. She's forever. one of Riddler's... Uh, that's number 11 on the list, two, two by faces, the way, too. Um, oh, good right, Two-Face yeah. is good. Yeah, Angel, right. I think, was her name, Right, maybe? right, Two-Face. The whole... Uh, that scene, it's the charity ball where, where Poison Ivy is, is mm-hmm. her pheromones are all over mm-hmm. the lot. And they're playing the coasters Poison Ivy mm-hmm. as, as an instrumental. Uh-huh. And Commissioner Gordon is there. Mm-hmm. And only now Pat Hingle weighs about 450 pounds. Right. Ugh. Yeah. And that's, no that's the Bat American Express card moment. How right about there? How about Bane? Oh, Bane's horrible in that. And Bane, and, like this tiny little dude in a mm-hmm. luchador mask, and they <laughs> pump him full of all this crap, mm-hmm. and he just, he, it doesn't really look like he's Bane. It looks like he's one of uh, Poison Ivy's plants come to life. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's what he's supposed to kind of look like. 
oh well then yeah but but not, not in I that mean, case success supposed to in the movie yeah. not supposed to for, well, that's really, my, yeah, yeah, that's yeah yeah my that's point. what i meant you know it's awful and that's unfortunately the representation most people have of bane in their heads if they even remember the kooky mad scientist that makes him with the puffy white hair yeah it's john glover yeah it's I usually Luther. i like yeah. him usually <laughs> yeah. but he was yeah i don't know yeah it's pretty horrible that movie's that movie's just so far past anything you know it, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. He's Arnold. Yeah. They wanted him and they got him. and They wanted a big, hulking mass of an actor. They also wanted the name. They wanted to be able to put Arnold Schwarzenegger on right. the poster. Would have been better off with John Glover yeah. as yeah. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, absolutely. Someone with layers who might have been mm-hmm. able to... But look at the character. one that came before it. You Forever. had uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey as mm. the Riddler. <laughs> like talk about like jumping off of his success with like the movies that he had back then. And right. they were like he's funny. Mm-hmm. Let's make him the Riddler, the Riddler. But not only the Riddler. Let's give him pink hair mm-hmm. and tights. Mm-hmm. Well, he wears tights sometimes. <laughs> not tights like these. Man. Yeah. I saw and we parts have Tom- of Jim Carrey that I never want to see. Yeah. Again and Tommy Lee Jones. They basically just painted his legs green. Yeah, they did. <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah. A big thing on his chest. And Tommy Lee Jones doing Nicholson. Yeah, Tommy Jones is playing the Joker. He's not even playing Two-Face at that point. And really, in a lot of ways, that's what Jim Carrey's doing, too. He's playing a Joker. He's yeah. not playing the Riddler. Yeah, he's not doing Gorshin's Riddler. No. Um, the touchstone for that. Right. That movie, I mean, I have. That was before I started to. Acqu- that's a couple years before Batman and Robin, so before I acquired any taste in movies. So I have fond memories of liking that movie. I've watched it since. It's not a good movie. Um, it has one of the most useless characters in the history of the world, which is Chase Meridian, the Nicole Kidman <laughs> character. Yeah. She has no purpose whatsoever. At she gets all. dropped off a building. Yeah. Um, chicks dig the car. Like that whole <laughs> shit. All that. So that started that whole business. Um, <laughs> That started, you know, the holy rusted metal Batman. Yep. Right metal, back to the 60s. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. That's his reaction. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Great, great, uh, great, great. Uh, I'm starting to get a headache. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think that Jim Carrey with a, di- with a director who has any sense could be a pretty good Riddler, you know, but... Could have been, but wasn't. No, wasn't. Yeah. No, was not. But could have been if he had a director that goes, okay, one of those directors that goes, okay, Jim... Big at this point, small at this point. Let's you know, let's do Give it. Give us some menace. Yeah, yeah, would have been great, but he actually would have made maybe an interesting Joker. Yeah, as well. I mean, but uh, hmm, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I say. hmm. Bob says, uh, Stephanie, you have any opinions of the uh, latter Batman films? Nah, nah. You know, well, I mean, obviously, my opinions are along the same lines as you guys. I mean, right. it's just not good. Not good at all. And the part where oh, the lips, the lips where they have the artificial lips. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. On Poison oh, Ivy. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. That's so bad. Why would you make that? Why would you make that? Why does that exist? Yeah, because he's just Joel saying. Schumacher. The plot <laughs> thickens. Yeah. Sickens, I should say. I you made these just in case I was going to make out with Poison Ivy. You weren't aware that I had bad lips. <laughs> I always wear bad lips for this such an occasion. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Christian Bale in Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> see, bad that, nipples. Yeah, I want to see that put together. <laughs> you guys you are fucking like, distracted. No fucking <laughs> oh, God. That uh, yeah. I don't think Christian Bale would last in a movie like that. I no, still he, never he, really he understood what the, the Riddler's like machine 
like what it did. Like I, I know they explained it in the movie, but oh, what, what right. kind of, I lost what it kind entirely. Of benefit would you gain? Nothing. Yeah, I you know you're gonna you're gonna suck somebody's mind dry while they're watching a fishing show. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're gonna be thinking about fish. Yeah. You wanna get it's their, like their an fish? It's like an episode of Pinky and the Brain. It is. Yeah, like it an episode is. of Pinky and the Brain. Now I know the best place is to catch some tuna. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I forgot about that machine. And that's so not Riddler thing to do right? as well. It, it's just, that's not even the spirit of the character. The character is very much just like, Listen, I'll kill you, but I'd rather you have to solve this really hard puzzle. I'm much smarter than you are. <laughs> yeah. Why was Two Face's face pink? I don't know. That was or pur- again, like a purple pink. Why? Yeah, purple pink. Why? Well, and again, and that's one of the things. coordinated. One of those, and I'll, we'll leave these movies after this. There's that moment, and it makes me so angry, where Two Face flips the coin, and he says, "Heads, you'll die; tails, you'll whatever." And it comes up the live side, and he goes, "Ah, screw it!" And he throws the coin away. Useless. He would never do that. I know that's stupid to say because he's a fictional character, but Two Face would never do that. That's completely the point of the beholden to yeah. that. Very true. Yeah, that's the point of the character. And again, that's why I'm so glad we're living in kind of the age we're living in right now because that wouldn't happen now. You know, that would that would never happen. Yeah. Um, even the realistic Christopher Nolan Two Face doesn't go against the coin. You know, that's right. So. Oh no! He flips it again. That's what he does in in uh, in Batman or in the Batman Forever. He flips it twice. All right, Bob. Why don't you give us? An, oh, okay. Stephanie. Sorry, Stephanie. No, Go Steph. Electra. Okay. Ooh. Bring in the. We've good got choice. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, what and did you hate? What did you hate about Electra, Stephanie? Everything. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I'll just start with this. Jennifer Garner. This cutesy little puppies. I love puppies. And then you kind of like. Throw her into this, you know. All I ever see well, is I'm her gonna, upper teeth. I'm going to call bullshit on that statement because she wasn't a show where she played an ass kicking woman for about six years. I never saw Alias. Okay. So, I mean, she could very well kick ass, but like, I just 13 going on 30. Rainbows, sunshine. Da, 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 da. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> is that the only reason okay. you didn't like it? Because Jennifer Garner has a nice story. Smile. The story is poor. Mm hmm. Um, and it just was just unnecessary. That'll be the word of the night. That is your word. Unnecessary. Every movie's unnecessary, Stephanie. I I think it's a <laughs> no. They're not, Bobby. <laughs> I think it's a little weird that they even bothered to make it. Like I know that she was a character in Daredevil, mm-hmm. so they were trying to do a spinoff, or that was a spinoff. Yes. But talk about a, a character that I would never think would need their own movie. Well, nothing to do with the character. It was all Jennifer Garner thing. Jennifer Garner was, was hot so at the hot. time. So they made a movie for her. Is that what we're doing with Scarlett Johansson for? for Well, no, but she's awesome in in those movies. Yes. And Black Widow is a a rich history in the comic books. I mean, so does Elektra. And if they did a proper Elektra story, that's a great story. She gets to fight Tattoo Man. Yeah, but that's not the real Elektra story. That's just like some horrible. That's the only thing I remember from Elektra. There's a guy with moving tattoos Mm -hmm. and it's set in what? Beijing or something? No, it's said like no, they're like in like Portland some, or Portland or something. Why <laughs> does she come back to life again in this? Yeah, she, that's when she yeah she why comes back to life at the I beginning. Think she was in Japan. What movie am I thinking? Of? I have no idea. <laughs> they've got some Japan themed things going on, but yeah, yeah, no. Terrence Stamp. Yeah, hmm, yeah. That's how much I remember that mm. movie. There is I a think deleted... you actually might be thinking of Push. No, I liked Push. I thought that was a good movie. Yeah, but it. I liked Pull place. much better. <laughs> Oh, very, very funny. Wow. Very funny. Wow. Um, And actually, it's funny because I like Daredevil 
you know? I actually, yeah. it's a guilty pleasure movie of mine. And There's a deleted scene, Michael by the way, Clark with Duncan. Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, but it's barely bad. It doesn't do anything. It's horrible. Some cornbread you misses me. Colin Farrell is so great in Daredevil. I think he's good in Daredevil as well. He's a good, he's a good bullseye. Again, it's one of those things where it's, it's you know, early on in the comic book movie, like, renaissance thing, so... No costume for Bullseye. Can't have a costume. He has a coat. He has a coat. How come I don't get a costume yeah. like that guy? And I was hoping, okay, cool, now he's going to have a costume after yeah, this. No. Still, still a coat. Um, but yeah, Electra is very, very bad. It, and the, the, the shame is that, that Dare, the story with her and Daredevil is a really great story. You know, it's, it's iconic and it and it's, shapes that character in a lot of ways. And that, that just does not achieve the kind of depth that her character has. To be fair to Electra, I think a lot of the problem lied with her. I think you guys briefly said this, but I think a lot of it lied with how she was in Daredevil. Yeah. Um, and it kind of set the tone for how Electra would turn out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it was just, it was a, a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone was like, after watching Daredevil, would be like, oh my God, I can't wait to see Jennifer Garner and Electra. <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't wait. That just nobody, who said that? No one. The Fox executives who wrote the checks. Yeah, they said, let's put Jennifer Garner in a skimpy outfit, put her on a poster, and people will go to see it. But she's only in the skimpy outfit for two and a half minutes yeah. or whatever. So she's never Electra. She's wearing a jacket and a pair of jeans. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay. Mm, yeah. If they made that now, mm-hmm. which is a problem with so many of these things yeah. we're probably going to talk about, where they now trust the source material, mm-hmm. you'd have a different movie. Absolutely. Well, you have a different Daredevil movie, too. Yeah. But I definitely don't think like they would take a risk on... like A lot of the female characters don't get that risk anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, in an era, too, where it actually could be done properly, it's kind of a shame. I'm interested to see if the Black Widow movie actually goes forward and gets made. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't really love ScarJo as Black Widow, but I think she does a good enough job, and I think that could be a catalyst for more female character movies coming out in the future that are actually good. Right. And again, like what we said about Catwoman and Electra, the, kind of the same deal. It was, mm-hmm. we have an actress we want to make a movie for, we have these properties that people already know about, sort of, let's just put let's put them in a movie. Forget a script, who cares? We'll just, girl, movie, go, you know? Yep. Kick uh, somebody in the head. Yeah. It works. So that, that's, that's that. Um, Bob. Okay. Uh, I'll save the really terrible, weird ones for later. Okay, we only have a couple minutes. So let's get, let's okay. Go. Well, okay. Well, then briefly, Fantastic Four, terrible. Oh, the newer one, you mean? The, the new ones are just, story just one. awful. Yes. yes. But okay, going for really terrible that nobody knows. Okay. For television, they did something called Legends of the Superheroes. Okay. It's the DC characters, it's Green Lantern and Hawkman and well, Batman, it's Adam West and Burt Ward. It's a Dean Martin superhero roast. <laughs> oh boy. It's available on DVD, it's out from the Warner Archives. Picture Charlie Callis from the Dean Martin roast as the Riddler <laughs> telling jokes about Batman. Oh wow. And this is where we were in the early 70s, long before we got to all this like superhero goodness, mm-hmm. as bad as Catwoman is. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, at least it's an attempt at a movie. This was, let's tell jokes about Batman. (laughs) Bob's putting it into perspective. Uh, Yeah, you got to go there. So who's who's next? I'll come back around. Run a a couple more of it, Bob. Okay. A couple quick ones. um, The Spirit, terrible. I didn't see The Spirit. I did did not make it it through that movie. I didn't make it through all of it. I watched like the first 45 minutes and I was like, okay, I tried. Yep, yeah, that's, that's good exactly enough. where that's I was. That's good enough. 
Anyone see the Generation X TV movie? No. All these things Fox? you're listing are when I did research on this. I saw all these things puff up. No. Uh, that, was, that was really, really bit. Man they thing? They had a TV show. That's what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought awful. you were just saying. Matt Fuhrer, you know, Max you Headroom as mm-hmm. some sort of. But we, we do have Emma Frost. <laughs> and oh. she and Banshee are running the school. <laughs> and it's made for about a buck and a half. <laughs> Uh, really bad. Man Thing, they did a TV movie for the Sci-Fi Channel. Terrible. This two Swamp Thing movies are bad. Yeah. I'll put Superman Returns on this list. Oh, Superman, Re- Superman Returns? Yeah. On one of it your worst comic bad. book movies? Yep. I think that's a little harsh, Bob. I know, I but I'm, know. I'm a harsh bad. guy. I don't like the, the premise. I don't like the casting. And if you spend $250 million and get that... Well, let's be... F- Okay, let's be fair. Brian Singer didn't spend $250 million. No, Warner Brothers did. Yes. To, and some of it was to Tim Burton. $50 million went to Electric it, it, Superman and yeah, Nick yeah, Cage. That, yeah, yeah. The there was a lot of, of budget there. Right. But I mean, do, you list Superman Returns before Superman 3 and 4? No, Superman 3 is at number 5. Okay. We didn't get there yet. <laughs> okay. I Superman love 3 is just, just terrible, terrible, terrible. I actually think you should post up this list. Bob, yeah. I think yeah. you should, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Vampirella, they made a TV movie. Oh, wow. I want to see that. <laughs> Uh, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> she doesn't look like Vampirella. She does on the box art, but not in the movie where she's wearing oh, sort of a goth girl, I hate when red and black, PVC I've rented so many thing. shitty movies because Terrible. of that very thing. Terrible. I'm pretty sure that's called the porn section, and you're not supposed it's to touch close. anything that's um, on the cover. This is when I was little. <laughs> and I'd sneak in there, and I'd be like, wow. <laughs> Roger Daltrey's in it. Wow, that's weird. Which is bad. Um... I'll start moving up the number twenty Supergirl. Oh yeah, Supergirl's back. Which she is really good. And Helen Slater is really good. The movie is awful. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we, we, we can't go there. On your list, number nineteen is Flesh Gordon, <laughs> the porno version of Flesh Gordon. Speaking of porn, yeah, this. So I mean, we might as well go there. We, we've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got that. Um, oh, I wish that Bob had a Dropbox account. I'd give him a couple. <laughs> Uh, well, we can't. Oh boy, uh, uh, the Justice League parodies, whatever. Captain America, the TV movies from the seventies that the Universal oh, yeah, yeah. did are terrible. Uh, what Rob about the nineteen ninety Captain America? Movie? Rob actually pointed out. No, that's out to better me. than these TV movies <laughs> by a lot. But which which was the one where Red Skull was an Italian, not a Nazi? That's the Matt Salinger, son of JD, Captain America. Okay. Yeah, that's the 1991, right? Right, with a yeah. rubber suit with rubber ears sticking mm-hmm. out of the suit. Okay. But that's better than the 70s when the Hulk came out. They did Captain America TV movies with a plexiglass shield, and he takes vitamins instead of the super soldier <laughs> serum. Wow. Right. Do, do we do my worst of all time? Or do we do your worst of all else? time. Do your worst of all time, buddy. Okay. From 1958... <laughs> Um, DC, with after the success of Superman, which is starting to wind down, they wanted to keep that going. So they shot a pilot for something called Super Pup. Oh, boy. <laughs> which is filmed on the same sets as the Adventures of Superman television show. And it's midgets in dog costumes dressed as Superman and Lois Lane and Perry White. That sounds amazing. So it's Bark Bent and Pamela Poodle. <laughs> and, pick, and the same music, and he jumps out the window, and it's a little midget guy with a giant dog head. It's like a fetish movie with superhero dogs. <laughs> midget fl- furries. Yeah, and he flies out the window, and it's okay. around. It's on YouTube and whatever, and it, it's just it's oh my God. super it sounds pumped. amazing. I totally want to watch that. Yeah. yeah. 
That sounds amazing. You failed in deterring us from watching it. Yeah, (laughs) there is nothing worse than Super Pup. Not even Catwoman. Um, Uh, um, I think that we should have a movie night. (laughs) (laughs) I will come from Canada so we can watch that uh, together. The only other thing I have on here is the Amazing Spider-Man TV show. Awful. Yeah. Awful TV movie. Yeah. It's it's really horrible. Do you love his web? Oh yeah, the web is great. Like a net at the, <laughs> yeah, the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. I remember watching it as a kid, being so excited. I was like, "Oh, there's a Spider-Man thing!" And I like, I took the videotape off of the, you know, and I brought it home and watched it. And I'm so disappointed. I was like, "This is not what Spider-Man does." <laughs> it's bad. It's it's very the, the, very bad. The, it's earnest, mm-hmm. but terrible. Steve, you got some extras for us? I think I'm I'm done. You're I'm all tapped filled out. Filled with all kinds of horrible images in my <laughs> mind of yeah. of characters ruined. I did miss Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, with Tanya Roberts. Oh, yeah. Yes, you did. That was bad. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Green Lantern animated from this year. <laughs> <laughs> I could put on this list. That's pretty bad. Uh, Fantastic Four animated from the 70s, where mm-hmm. the Human Torch had been optioned by Universal to do a live-action series, so they couldn't use him in the cartoon. <laughs> Replaced with Herbie the Robot, saying cute, funny things and fighting with Ben Grimm. I love you. Speaking of Ben Grimm, you had one that I almost put on my list, Bobby, that you came across. I was doing research, and there was something called Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. And it is Fred and Barney Mm -hmm. from the Flintstones meet a teenage kid who could touch his ring and say, Thing, ring, do your thing. And he turned into the thing from the Fantastic Four, yet in prehistoric times for no particular reason. (laughs) That sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah, But it's not really a comic book adaptation. Right. We did have some listeners. On, oh, well, let's go for the listeners. On Twitter, some of them, there are some overlap, but there are some different okay. ones. Um, the Sleep Drifter says the 1977 Spider-Man made-for-TV movie, which I, Good just, choice. I just brought up. Um, Repstones said, Baldwin's Try with the Shadow. It's so bad, it's endearing. I'll go with that. I do enjoy it, but mm-hmm. it, it has some very bad moments. Right. Uh, and he says, uh, also, Ghost Rider. Um, Can't go Super, wrong with Ghost Rider. No, Super Bad Larry says X Men Three is on the list. They should have done either the Mutant Cure or the Phoenix Saga, not the, both. <laughs> um, uh, Grandpa Caramba says <laughs> Swamp Thing could have been amazing. Catwoman and Fantastic Four wasn't bad, too bad, but bad enough. Um, Return of the Swamp Thing is worse than Swamp Thing, though. Okay, which, well, which, which got we know to that. my dishonorable mention. <laughs> um, and uh, Rick Cowalter also says Ghost Rider. How the hell did you make a guy who rides a bike and who's on freaking fire bland? It can be so easily awesome. That sums it up. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for uh, writing in uh, on Twitter. Don't yes. we have a we have we have a name? We do have a name. For I have Stephanie. To, you have to give me one second. I have to look it up real quick. Um, so fill fill time. Talk about more of your list, Buff. If you well, have anything else left, uh, there is one okay. that isn't a direct comic book adaptation, but is the biggest ripoff in comic book movie adaptation history. Okay, bring it on. Charles Band, the guy from Full Moon who did Puppet Master and Demonic Toys and all that. Nice. Optioned from Marvel, or thought he did, and they canceled it and moved on. Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. since he didn't have it to use, he just used everything he could and called it Doctor Mordred. <laughs> with Jeffrey Combs in Doctor Strange's outfit in a house in New York City with a mystic library, and he fights demons. And how he doesn't get sued, I have no clue. 
It sounds awful. It is It is really bad. There are some stop-motion animated dinosaur skeletons because it's much easier to animate skeletons than like flesh and blood creatures that breathe. Mm-hmm. Bad. It, it's impossible to get now because you can only get it on DVD as part of a Charles Band $80 box set. And the, and the tape goes for about 50 which I happen to have made a copy of. <laughs> for first use, I guess. That's all legal, right? I, uh, yeah, sure. Bob. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. No one knows my name. I have no you, email address. Let me address. ask you this. Do you think that we've seen the end of bad comic book movies? No, probably no. not. Okay. No. But I think we've seen, hopefully, the end of this kind of bad comic book movie. The ones that are bad because they decide that the source material they are pulling off of is not worth their time. Mm-hmm. You know? Agreed. I, I think that's where most of them go wrong. I mean, you know, we got Green Lantern last year, which is not a good comic book movie. However... It was trying to be the Green Lantern. It wasn't trying to be something else. It wasn't running away from what made the Green Lantern. It was Lantern just the Green bad because it was bad. Yeah, there's going to be misfires. You know, you can, it's not always perfect, but I think that you're going to get the end to this kind of cynical. Right. Bad now, there is one on my list that people don't know is a comic book, but I'm going to go for it. Okay. Lost in Space. Oh, the movie. The and the television show. Either yeah. way you want to go, it was a gold key comic series called Space Family Robinson, mm-hmm. which was. Serious? Right. The original pilot of Lost in Space had no Dr. Smith. It's very serious. Mm-hmm. And they decided, we need comic relief. We need a pedophile. Yeah. We, <laughs> That's what he's like. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. And it got worse and worse and worse as the years went on. And the amazing sidebar story to this is Gene Roddenberry went to CBS in 1965 with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, you know, because he was working for them with uh, Have Gun, Will Travel, and the other things he was being a script writer or supervisor on. I've got this great idea for sort of a Western in space. It's an anthology, but it's not. We have guest stars, and it's adult Mm -hmm. and serious, but it's science fiction. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have an adult science fiction show on our network. We have Lost in Space. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fail. Right. Now, CBS, only, I always say this because CBS was willing at that point as the Tiffany Network to hold on to things and let it build an audience where NBC jettisoned Star Trek mm-hmm. at the first opportunity. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but Lost in Space on my list. And, but trivia about that movie, that was the movie that broke Titanic's run at number one at the box office. After, I don't remember what's like 47 weeks. Yeah, it's been a very <laughs> yeah. long time. Um, and it was bad. It was fight. It was Gary really Oldman and. Yeah. William well, Hurt, Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Um, <laughs> Stephanie, I, I Skyped you the name that you're supposed I, to read out. Did you get I it? I am looking at it. Okay. <laughs> so She's had time. Damn it. All right. That's oh, no. my fault. You should have told me. It doesn't matter. She has time <gasps> every every single book that she reads. She's, it's true. It's not like I'm like, oh, look at this author. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. Bring it on. All right. So who sent this in? Well, this is from Kevin. Uh, oh, okay. This, is, this was this his, his actual name, name that he's yeah. saying pronounced. All he, right. He wants you to. He he, he wants to pronounce your name. He wants right, you to right. pronounce his name. I want to see it. All right, Kevin Kuchenmeister. You unfortunately got it exactly correct. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all very uh, disappointed in you, Stephanie, that you got row. it completely correct. All right. Well, that's a challenge. Then someone can send me an even trickier one. Yeah. It has to be your real name, though. You can't just send Stephanie random letters stuck together. That doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. There's an ex-Red Sox player who looks like random letters. It's true. It's true. Her. I could send her that name. Um, she probably wouldn't know either because it's baseball. That's right. Um, and she's Canadian. Um, <laughs> hey, I love baseball. 
Okay. All right. We're going to try this next okay. week then. Um, oh, you mentioned Doctor Strange before, though. It's a little off topic. I uh, watched that animated movie finally. Yeah? And? It was pretty good. I liked it. I liked it. Those uh, Marvel movies are a little bit, the animation quality is not so fantastic, but the story yeah. was good. Yeah, that's mostly his real origin, too. It was cool. It was definitely cool. Got me, I think I'm excited for the prospect of Doctor Strange being in the Marvel movie universe. All right. So um, before we get out of here, we got to do this week's releases. That's the best part of the show. Huzzah. 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 From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time, number five. Sweet. We have Higher Earth, number two. Planet of the Apes, number 15. And Roger Lambridge's Snarked. Number nine. I love the title. What's it about? I have no idea, Bob. Okay. It actually looks really cool. Rob's actually trying to get me to read it. Oh, yeah? yeah. Um, Dark Horse. We have Alabaster Wolves, number three of five. Ooh, sweet. We have BPRD, Hell on Earth, The Devil's Engine, number two. It's a mouthful. Um, Baltimore Dr. Leskovar's Remedy, number one of two. <laughs> One more time. I'm not saying it again. Okay. Dr. Horse present Dark Dr. Horse. Dr. Horse presents. <laughs> Dr. Horse. Dark Horse presents number 13. Um, is this the new ghost? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't I say. It so. just says Dark Horse presents. Yeah, I think it's a revamp. Ragemore number four. Star Wars Darth Vader and the Ghost Prison number two or five. I feel like I'm making it up. You are. <laughs> he, he's not up. looking at anything, people <laughs> yeah. who are listening. He's just throwing it out. The I'm just putting random words together. Yeah. Star Wars Dawn of the Jedi Force Storm, number five of five. You definitely made that one up. No, that one I did not make up. Um, Batman Beyond Unlimited. This is DC now. Batman Beyond Unlimited. Unlimited. Unlimited, number five. Unlaminated. <laughs> Batwoman, number 10. Sweet. Before Watchmen, Comedian, number one. Mm. Um, Birds of Prey, number 10. Blah. Blue Beetle, number 10. <laughs> Captain Adam, number 10. Catwoman, number 10. Oh. <laughs> um, there's actually a Challengers of the Unknown omnibus coming out, Bob. The Jack Kirby stuff. Um, they were out before, but I may have to investigate this one. <laughs> DC Universe Presents number 10. That's uh, Vandal Savage, the second part of the Vandal Savage Ick. series. Um, written by James Robinson, though. Um, oh, okay. Dominic Laveau, Voodoo Child, number four. Fables, number 118. Um, Green Lantern Corps, number 10. Hellblazer, number 292. Legion of Superheroes, number 10. Mad Magazine, number 516. Nightwing, <laughs> number 10. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 10. That's the first time we mentioned Mad Magazine. It's the first time it's been on here, oh. um, oddly. Um, Supergirl number 10 Unwritten number 38 Wonder Woman number 10 and Young Justice number 17 from Dima Entertainment we have an Art of Howard Chaikin hardcover book Uh, we have Deja Thoris and the White Apes of Mars number 3 again um, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files Fool Moon number 6 of 8 Fool that's that's clever yeah it is it is clever Um, Merciless The Rides of Ming number 2 so Flash Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Shadow. Not, not vases. No. Shadow okay. number three. Um, Gripping. Yes. <laughs> From IDW, Stephanie's favorite publisher, we have Eternal Descent, volume two, number five. We have Ghostbusters, number 10. Godzilla, number two. Godzilla. Uh, John Burns, Next Men Aftermath, number 44. Last one. Uh, Mars Attacks, number one. And it, you can buy a box that looks like the box of the trading cards, which has the whole run of the old series in it. Oh, neat. That's but you cool. can't get the trading cards unless you want to spend like thousands or even hundreds for the 80s. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> a memorial number six, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow number 14. Oof. 
Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Micro Series number five, <laughs> True Blood number two, and that is it. From Image, we have um, Darkness number 104, Elephant Men number 40, Glory number 27, Grim Leaper number 204, Sweet. Uh, Near Death number nine, Nancy and Hell on Earth number three of four, Rebel Blood number four of four, Reed Gunther number 10, Saga number four. Ooh. Yeah, you didn't know I, that? I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> and the, there's supposedly a new series for the Nancy in Hell called Nancy Gets Her Period oh, in Hell. Very little, nice. little side tidbit for you there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, Dave. go to bed yeah. with that. And Walking Dead number 99. By the way, they're predicting that Walking Dead 100 is going to be the best-selling comic of like the last, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just randomly. I, yeah, I saw a press thing today that just was like a poster that says, what was it? Lucille is coming. Yeah, there, there's... Oh, uh, I saw that. Yeah. I didn't know it meant anything. Yeah, it's The the Walking Dead there. B.B. King's guitar, isn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly okay. what they're talking so about. So that's what's coming. Nice. <laughs> um, from Marvel, we have Astonishing X-Men number 51, which is the big uh, gay wedding oh, uh, yeah. issue. I should Lovely. send the card. Yes, you should, Bob. You should. You're <laughs> RSVP. I, I'm going to be yeah. toasting from afar. Avengers is Academy... Plus one? Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. Avengers Academy number thirty two. Yeah. Avengers versus X Men number six. Blech. Avenging uh, Spider Man number who, who's eight. Who's writing AVX six? Do we? I uh, I don't know. I have to click on it. Don't oh. worry. About no it. one cares. Uh, yeah. Avenging, it's, it's over. Uh, yeah. Yes. No one cares. It's just the best selling comic out right now. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Avenging Spider Man number eight. Casanova. Av- Avariasha. Number four, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> should have had me try. Yeah, I should. Uh, Daredevil, number 14. Dark Avengers, number 176. Okay. I, I ate crow the last time. I'll have to do it again. Dark Tower, the Gunslinger, the Man in Black, number one. Um, Hulk, number 54. Invincible Iron Man, number 519. Journey into Mystery, number 640, Ooh. which I'm excited about. Uh, New Avengers, number 27. <laughs> New Mutants, number 44. Punisher number twelve, Secret Avengers number twenty-eight, um, Uncanny X-Men number fourteen, Venom number nineteen, Winter Soldier number seven, Yay. Wolverine number three hundred eight, God, X Factor number two thirty-eight. Yes. So that's that, and that is no Zenoscope. Oh, there's a Grim Fairy Tales Angel one shot coming out from Zenoscope. Hmm. So there we go. That is it for this week's uh, releases. Um, thank you to everybody who wrote in and. You know, talk to us on our Twitter at Talking Comics is the Twitter. Info at talkingcomicbooks.com is our email. Talkingcomicbooks.com is the website. Um, There's also quite a number of people that are liking us on Facebook. The uh, I know the Facebook account has been a little getting a little action. Yeah, we're, wow. we're close up to close to 100 uh, likes on 99. Facebook. We love the love. We do. It's very very nice. Um, and that of course is facebook.com backslash Talking Comics. Um, if you want to get in touch with me personally, it's at Bobby Shortle. Steve is uh, dead underscore anchorus. And Stephanie is Hello Cookie. Um, like Hello Kitty, but more awesome because it's me. Right, ex- exactly. <laughs> um, and Bob, you can I don't exist. your email address? Sure. No one no one used it the last yeah. time, so it's rrr two four four two at yahoo.com. I'll tell you I'll tell you something, guys. If you want Bob to get on Twitter, I think you better stop contacting us and start contacting Bob and letting him know. Since I don't own a cell phone, I hear the whole Twitter thing isn't you probably going to happen. A cell phone, you can do it on your. You can do it on your computer. A there are rumblings us. of a something being organized 
to coax you into using an account. <laughs> they're going to pay me? People they're, are mobilizing. They're, they're organizing something. People are mobilizing. There's a couple of people that really want get this lynched. to happen. I'm going to get lynched, it sounds like. I, I can see the torches and the pitchforks coming out like <laughs> they it was ask a Frankenstein for it every movie. week. It's true. I will Here's, also... Sorry, oh, Stephanie, go ahead. I was just going to say two quick things, super quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if you applied to be a Talking Comics contributor, <gasps> um, we've got an overwhelmingly awesome response from all you guys and if you happen to be a podcast listener too i'm trying really hard to get to all your emails but they just keep coming in so if you haven't got a response i'm really sorry i'm working on getting back to everybody and i'm going to try my darndest um and the second thing is we're going to be running a giveaway this week we are (gasps) we got some Mm -hmm. amazing spider-man swag uh new era sent us uh some custom baseball caps Wow. Uh, that are themed to the movie. They have Spider-Man all over them. Um, and uh, we're running a giveaway. So look mm-hmm. out for that. It's going to be U.S. residents only, unfortunately. Yes. Um, so no love for us Canucks or anyone <laughs> else. But um, it's going to be awesome. So look out for that on the site. Yeah, because we're shipping it. And the, the, the nightmare of shipping stuff overseas is just... Oh, that makes sense. It's just too much. <laughs> Someday when people pay us for this, yes. we will send you stuff everywhere because we want you. We want to share with everyone. But It's, it's absolutely true. Um, until then. Yeah. So also, guys, um, you might have noticed if you go to the site, there is a little Dark Knight Rises ad on, on the right sidebar. Um, if you guys are going to buy your tickets to Dark Knight Rises uh, anyway... If you guys could click on that and buy from after clicking on that link, we get a little itty bitty cut of that, and it goes to help us, you know, keep the site being maintained, oh. and you know, helps us feed our addiction of, of buying books and and everything, just so we can bring you guys more the most content we possibly possibly can. Mm. So if you guys are gonna buy tickets for the Dark Knight Rises, if you click on that link, the, it's very easy. It takes right to Fandango. Obviously, if you're ordering for a theater that does not support Fandango, we understand. <laughs> but if you could guys do that for us, that would be really really awesome. Um, so I, I think that is about it for talking comics for this week. Steve, you're giving me a weird look. You're like shaking your head. No, I didn't know if we were going to reveal something yet or not. Maybe we'll save it for next week. What are we? What are we going to reveal? reveal? The uh, we're going to have. There's going to be a few more uh, giveaways oh, and yes. contests going on. Yes. Well, we we're getting a generous um, stuff from uh, Tor Comics. Actually, is being awesome, and um, we're going to give out digital codes. For, for, for books and that's going to become a Twitter thing but we're also going to be giving away books um, we're going to be giving away at some not this week probably next week um, a signed copy uh, of Batman by Scott Snyder so holy shit that am will I, be am I eligible or do you know, I have no, to quit? no one involved in the, the show quit. is eligible that's for this um, you're going to have to fill this seat <laughs> So we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. Again, like Stephanie said it's been amazing the amount of people who have applied to write for us uh it's been great, and it's been really, it's been humbling in, in, in a lot of ways. So thank if you. we could hire all of you, I mean, there's enough comic books in the world that right. I'm sure we could have one of you guys write, like, one of them, but, you know. <laughs> but it's, yeah, and, you know, the sites continue to grow, so if you don't get on this round, there's, there's going to be more times where there are posts put out for any contributors. So, of course, we'll keep all of your emails uh, on file for you know the next time the next round when we need more contributors if we don't get to you this time yeah so guys again thank you so much and thank you everybody who talks to us on twitter facebook emails us goes to the site you guys have been awesome um we'll keep bringing you the content if you guys keep reading it so that's talking comics for this week for steve uh, have a good week <laughs> 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 be good to each other <laughs> 
Bob. Uh, stay classy. And Stephanie. Toodaloo. Oh, and if you guys, any of you are at Heroes Con this weekend, come find me and say hi. Sidebar. All right. <laughs> well, where are you going to be? You can't just say that. There are like well, four million people at Heroes Con. Where at Heroes Con will I will be at the be? table with Bill Willingham. So come find me there and say hi. Exactly. All right. <laughs> say hi. Yay. So after that rather long outro, I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking <laughs> Comics, to be continued. Continued.